0: Feel free to share your enthusiasm with anybody you want, but I can tell you that there are going to be some people who are going to rain on your parade, and they might be your family members.
1: From Money Fit by DRS, it's the Money Fit Show, your weekly podcast about real difficult money stories, overcoming financial obstacles, and tips for building healthy money habits. Today on The Money Fit Show, we're talking with our guest who used education and alternative investment opportunities to rebuild his finances after divorce and eventually ended up better off than before. I'm your host, Todd Christensen. Carpe diem. Seize the boy. Chris Odegaard was a conventional investor who experienced an illiquidity event in 2009 and lost 55% of his, uh, his assets. After reading Rich Dad Poor Dad, he began investing in real, uh, real assets, mostly insulated from the volatility and taxation of the stock market that's alternative investments. In nine short years, he recouped his 55% loss and multiplied it many times over. So Chris is now an alternative investment blogger and educator and shares his experience and knowledge with you at theprolificinvestor.net. Chris Odegaard, welcome to The Money Fit Show.
0: Hey, Todd. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
1: I uh, have been. I've looking forward to this since we uh, first connected uh, just a few, just actually just a few days ago, uh, and because uh, because I have an interest in in real estate myself. Uh, but what I want, I'm looking forward to talking to you about is kind of that journey, how you got there and how I discovered that and and where you were before. But um, if you're ready for my first question, though, is kind of a question I ask everybody. How did you did you always think you'd end up? Um, As an author? Because you're an author now, right?
0: I am. As of uh, November of last year, uh, I'm an author, and um, uh, I've always liked writing. I don't think I ever – I've got a binder of letters to the editor that I've written over the years, so I Mm -hmm. like to write, and I like to educate and teach. That's always kind of not – for the most part, not something I ever did professionally, but just kind of – I know it's just part of my DNA, but I I didn't – well, I take that back, you know, but it was probably about 20 years ago when I was looking to be published in the traditional way and I wrote some book p- p- proposals that was way yep. before Amazon and that all went nowhere. I still have that draft sitting on it I, on my <laughs> shelf. I looked at it now and I go, man, what a POS
1: that was. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be a great work of, of, of uh, perfection and genius eventually. So I, it's kind of something I want to do, right? Uh, but uh, I, don't, yeah, I don't know that I ever envisioned myself actually yeah. doing it. I think when you and I were talking earlier, I, I kind of laughed because I don't know about you, but my my English teachers from high school and and even more so from college would just kind of <laughs> be head scratchers, knowing that I had published a book. Yep. But um, well, I have
0: two two stories about that. When I was in third grade, my my teacher, Mrs. Atkinson, I got in trouble at school that day. And Uh she said, I'm calling your dad at home. What time does he get off work? And I said, six o'clock. And man, I still remember the phone rang at six o'clock and my dad answered the phone. And he didn't tell me at that time, but he told me later, she told me you would never graduate from high school. (laughs) Wow. Oh, and then well. the other the other story is you talk about writing. Uh, I was working for a company at the time. They had a lot of uh, off-hour classes. And so I took one by a retired school teacher named Susie Ball. And it was like everything you want to know about grammar and punctuation mm-hmm. um, and, and everything you want to know, but you're, I can't remember. But yeah, anyway, right? she right? she handed out a piece of paper and she said, anybody who can correctly punctuate this whole thing, Can leave afterwards, and you'll get credit for the class. And so, class, and everybody did it, and not a person amongst us got it right. You know, all all college graduates in our mid twenties.
1: You know, so how do you use a semicolon? Okay, (laughs) right. Uh, Well, Chris, I I I was interested in your story that you have uh, have shared, Um, and. Because this was, this was now 13 years ago, you went through a couple of different, I think a couple of different challenges that had effect on your finances. Um, I think one, one was, one was divorce and then you, did you lose your job or did you just say goodbye to your job? I said, oh, I said goodbye.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the sequence of events was the divorce, which is what caused the 55% loss of assets mm-hmm. and thousands of dollars a month. Um, so, you know, and that was in my mid forties and mm-hmm. like, like uh, m- many Americans, I was a conventional investor on on now what I like to call the hot the 401k highway to mediocrity so just uh-huh. and and that that plan was working about as well as it does for anyone then it got dramatically worse when I lost 55% of my assets so then it was mm-hmm. okay what am I going to do in in my mid 40s uh,
1: so that I don't have to have to work forever right right I, you know divorce I've worked with a lot of clients over the years, and and talked with a lot of people in my courses. That uh, that some people are, are surprised. A lot of people are surprised that divorce is is number three, or excuse me, number four on the list of top reasons people file for for bankruptcy. Yeah. I mean, uh, why do you? I mean, okay, so the divorce decree is there, and and it, you divide mm-hmm. up the household. Right. There are other expenses involved in in, in divorce that uh, can can put a, kind of stunt your financial growth too. Yeah, well, it depends on um
0: it depends on the state and the length of the marriage, but in my case it was the you know the you know it was the triple whammy, you know, dividing the assets, child support and alimony. Mm-hmm. So, uh yeah, it was uh and, there, you know, you and, and then, then there's, yeah, there's, and then there's, there's, you know, that's just the financial part of it. There's the whole, the whole emotional thing. Uh, you know, some people, you know, get into alcohol or substances yeah. and depression and need counseling. And, uh, you know, in the, in the blink of an eye, you know, one day I was living in my really nice house in the suburbs with my wife and two children. And the next day, you know i got in my 9250 92 f150 pickup truck and made two trips to what i call the down by the river apartment if you ever saw the snl chris farley skit so i mean everything in my life changed oh, sorry to, i i don't mean to chuckle at that but yeah. <laughs> oh it's it's a, it's a funny reference so yeah. you know every you know in in the course of 24 hours you know i was in a completely different environment physically uh, emotionally and and financially and I've, unfortunately, I know way too many, uh, mostly men who have gone through that. Mm-hmm. And on the, uh, on the financial aspect, unfortunately, most of the, most of them go, okay, well, I mean, there's, there's a couple ways you get over there. You got to figure out how to make more money, how to invest more money, uh, or you go, well, I will either work longer or reduce the lifestyle that I plan to have. And unfortunately, most men go, well, I will just work longer and, and live like a pauper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was not uh,
1: the way I wanted to do it. Kind of, I mean, I think in, in most, the way most people think of it, they might see that as the path of least resistance. It's, you know, I'm already in my job. I'll just work a little longer rather than trying to start something new. Or, well, I think it seems, I think it just seems impossible. Mm-hmm. If you, if you you know, you know, whatever
0: age, in my case, mid-40s, you lose 55% of everything. You go, that's going to be impossible to make that up and, mm-hmm. and end up back where I was, you know, in any reasonable amount, amount of time. And uh, I think it just seems like, the, you know, a, a hill too, you know, too high to climb. Yeah.
1: That would, I mean, it, uh, divorce is just, is just hard all around all parties are, are, yep. are struggling with that. So I, um, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so how, where did you go? You, you you're, you're, divorced. Your your assets are gone. Your uh, are, are are greatly diminished. Your monthly um, income is now split instead of between one household now between two households. Right. And uh, what what were your options? What did you what did you want to go from there? What what were you thinking that uh, you could uh, give uh, might attempt? Well, luckily uh you know
0: i had a good job and and believe it or not i was able to you know i was able to take on that burden um and and i was able to support the two households uh, mm-hmm. uh <laughs> And, and I would say I was able to do the, you know, the normal things. Uh, I didn't have an extravagant lifestyle whatsoever. And I, and I can't say that I sat down with a piece of paper and said, okay, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give myself nine years and I'm going to work my way out of this. Uh, it just didn't work that way. Um, I was, um, a, fr- a friend of mine uh, coincidentally had, had, Suggest I get a book and I mm-hmm. bought the book and like a lot of books that I get, I put them, I stack them on a shelf until it's time to start reading them because the piles get too high in right. and anyway. And, and one day I read that book and it was Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And like millions of other people it introduced me to this other way of thinking about money and investing and investing in things outside the stock market. And mm-hmm. I was just really um, I guess I'm either naive or very open minded person. My girlfriend always says, you know, you're you're such a sucker. Any salesman <laughs> you know, gets you. So there's yeah. a there's a good side and a bad side about that. But I typically, you know, I, I kind of take everything at, at face value and, and, and don't really shy away from anything that sounds like it might be too good to be true. And, you know, when somebody says, well, you can get returns of 20 to 30% and up tax-free in real estate, a lot of people would go, come on. <laughs> and yeah. they would just move on back to the stock market where the average investor gets about 5% before taxes and inflation. So anyway, easier. yeah. And so I read that book and then I was in my van down by the river apartment and uh, on the radio came an uh, an advertisement for a free seminar being offered. Uh, I advertised for Robert Kiyosaki's organization. And so mm-hmm. I said, well, I'm going to that, you know, I don't remember whether I called or was online, but you know, I signed up and then a couple of weeks later, the time came to, to go to that. And it was probably 30 miles from where I was living at the time. And, uh, I went out in the morning to do an errand or something and, uh, uh, went to start that 92 F-150 pickup truck and it was dead. Uh-oh. It, it wouldn't Uh-oh. start. <laughs> <Didn't>, <laughs> you you not know, get to that, uh, that game changer. Exactly. And uh, luckily I had enough. I didn't have enough time to troubleshoot it and change the battery or starter, which I was capable of doing on a car of that age. But uh, I had enough time. I called around and found a rental car company that would drop off a car at my house. Mm. And, you know, when I got to that, free seminar and that was the free seminar that laid to the paid one and the next paid one and and really the beginning of all the financial education, whether it be through Robert Kiyosaki or many other people, that that it that it takes to invest in alternative assets. Because it's not like it's not like a 401k where you, you sign up with an employer these days and you're automatically enrolled and they automatically pick the amount of your money that's going to go to the 401k and they automatically pick the select uh, the mix of investments you mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way you have to be you have to be smarter and uh, so that was kind of how that was the fire that that kind of got
1: me going so you're you get this book and you start reading I mean I, and it sounds like you're a reader so you got lots of books not every book is going to you know s- strike a chord with you mm-hmm. uh, so take take me back you're you're in the, your You say van by the river. (laughs) Van van down by the river. Van van down by the river. (laughs) I mean, look around your your life at the time. What is it that that is going on that you you read this book and you say yes, I I want to make this change or this is what I want to do. What what was it about uh, what was going on at that time that that was so um, that was it was just the right time for you?
0: I think you know it's funny from 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 this uh, this little apartment that I was in I could see everything that I owned all my personal belongings were within a 360 degree view and yeah. I used to think what's it going to be like when I when I actually move up in the world someday and and I can't see everything I own from this this kitchen table but uh, I think it was just the book. number number one you know they say the teacher will appear when the student is ready uh-huh. you know I was in a situation where Something had to happen or I was going to be working forever. And, and the book was just so compelling. And I had never, you know, I'm going, how is it that I'm in my mid-40s and I have never heard of any of this stuff before? How come I mm-hmm. haven't heard of all these different ways of investing and all the, the advantages that alternatives and real estate have over the stock market? I mean, you know, and I run into this all the time when I talk with people and, you know, you're talking with somebody and, well, everyone they know is in the stock market and through a 401k, all their friends, all their family, all their co-workers, and then you're the lone person that comes and says, wait, they're all wrong. It's not that they're all wrong, but it's an inferior way of investing and you're the only person in their life that has ever told them that and and i think uh one of the things that i've people have asked me about me is that i have a childlike curiosity and so when somebody says something it sounds too good to be true i go well what if it's not too good to be true what if it (laughs) is true and and that has happened a number of times in my life since then and the, the opportunities and the money I would have missed out on if I did not have that kind of outlook on life are just amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it sounds like you were uh, ahead of your time and that uh, it, you were involved in the tiny house movement before it was actually a movement, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was forcibly involved yeah. in the tiny house movement. <laughs> so so you're talking about um, reward and return. Uh, reward and risk tend to go hand in hand. What what did you see as? I mean, if there were no risk, everybody'd be doing it, right? Everybody would see the potential reward. Okay, I'll do it. what are some of the risks that you're seeing, that, or that people believe are there at least, that uh, uh, that you had to to surmount? Well, there's there's risk in
0: every every investment, uh, with the exception of treasury bills and treasury bonds, has risk. Mm-hmm. Every investment has has risk, and. Um, I guess I just looked at it like like every other investment, and okay, there there's some risk, there's some returns, uh, rewards, and you have to balance that out. Um, if I hadn't have gotten the education that I got through the classes, I think that would have been a different thing. If you're if if you're just telling somebody that and they don't dig into the details at all, then it might scare them away. Uh, yeah. But I today I, I go well. Uh, you know, I think something like seventy-five or eighty percent of the trades in the stock market are done by computers. Something called high-frequency trading. Mm-hmm. And when people say that the stuff that they think the stuff I do is risky, I think I think the stuff that you do is more risky. It's a manic- its a manipulated market. And as long as the powers that be are manipulating it in your direction, that's great. What happens when they change their mind and it goes the other way? So I. Uh, I don't know what the number is, but I can tell you that, uh, you know, my investment in the stock market is less than 5% of my asset base. Mm-hmm. The rest of it is all alternatives. And I, well, and I, and I, I don't, uh, and I have experience with various alternative investments all through the pandemic, just uh,
1: trucking along yeah. and doing what they do. So you mentioned experience. Um, so you're, you're, you read the book, you, <laughs> you, you make it, you're you're an enterprising young man. Still, you make it to the um, seminar, and even with the the broken down truck, you don't have a lot of experience or any experience in real estate, right? Right. And and yet, you jump in. Well, I, so uh, I jump in. I'll tell you how I
0: jumped in. So, uh, for people who have been to seminars and especially free ones, they're never mm-hmm. free because there's always an upsell of something, mm-hmm. right? And so the first upsell was a five hundred dollar class, and then and I and I and I went to that class, and I took my uh, probably sixteen year old son with me at the time. He was in mm-hmm. high school, and I said, "Hey, Do why don't a you go
1: for him?" <laughs> I didn't. No, all
0: right. <laughs> I, I, lots of times they come in pairs, right? So yeah, it's, you know, yeah, the, the, the five hundred dollars gets you two tickets to my That's true. So I went to that so it was the free seminar and then i signed up for the you know then first paid seminar and and uh, i took him and at the end it was like okay well how would you like to buy this training package which is going to walk you through all these different ways of investing in real estate there was kind of a the first class i don't remember what it was called but it was really about your mindset and then there was you know uh, mobile home investing single family rentals performing Mm -hmm. and non-performing notes, wholesaling, rehabbing, creative financing. And there was just, there was like a a dozen or so classes that came with this package. Mm -hmm. And you could take them uh, twice uh, over, you know, a 24 or 36 month period. And some of them were held in Seattle where I was living at the time. And some of them were held other places. And so my son and I traveled all over the country uh, taking these classes and, uh, I put that $15,000 on my credit card at that mm. <laughs> difficult mm. financial <laughs> point in, in my life. Right. Uh, okay. and, um, but I can tell you that as difficult it was for me, there were some people in there that didn't have $15,000 to their name, right. but they had 15000 of available credit and they did it. So, I don't want to make it sound like it was this, you know, uh, yeah, I was able to do it and it was painful, but it was way more painful for some other people that were taking a huge leap of faith. Right. right. And so, that education, uh, you know, you just, you get more and more confidence, uh, you know, as you go along and learn how to do this stuff. Uh,
1: you took your son, 16 years old. How, what was his reaction to what you were doing? Well, he, he was, what
0: was just like me at the time we're driving home. We're both just, you know, excited and amazed at what we're learning and, and, and stuff that we have never heard before. And, uh, On the drive home, uh, and of course, you know, he's not living with me full-time anymore. And and Mm -hmm. on the drive home, I said, his name's Jake. I said, Jake, you can uh, feel free to share your enthusiasm with anybody you want. But I can tell you that there are going to be some people who are going to rain on your parade, and they might be your family members. There are going to be a lot of people who aren't going to support you in this. They're going to think, because they've never heard this before. And unlike you and I who are embracing it, they're going to reject it and say it's illegal, unethical, or immoral. Hmm. And and that's exactly what happened. But he was undeterred. Yeah, <laughs> and he's a commercial real estate broker today in Seattle. So, oh,
1: what what uh, what age? What, how did he get into that? Uh, out of high school, in high school? No, right,
0: he he went to college. Right after college, uh, he came out and uh, went and he actually uh, cold called and approached a commercial brokerage uh, in Seattle and created an internship for himself where there wasn't one. And he's still with those guys today.
1: Nice. Nice. So how did uh, this affect relationships as you went along? And were there, did he, did he feel that, uh, that pressure or did you feel pressure against that, against what you were doing?
0: Um, He he certainly did. um, But I think it was, you know, it was easy for me easier for me to deal with you know as an adult mm-hmm. um, it just uh, I didn't need other people to agree with me. I was okay. the guy going to the classes, yeah. I was the guy doing the homework, doing the study, reading additional books, and everybody else was just reacting blindly with with frankly no edu- you know information or experience right.
1: Okay, so you, you 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 jump in, you jump into the tune of fifteen thousand dollars on a credit card. Um, how 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 did that investment turn out for you? It it was a great investment. Um, you know, I've and I've you know I've taken many
0: classes and you know had some paid mentorships over the years, and none you know not one of them was, you know was oh this is an exact fit. Mm-hmm. right, Some of it was some of it's learning and trying things and you go, okay, well, that's not the right path for me. you know, wholesaling isn't for me, rehabbing isn't for me, maybe notes is for me. And so but when you you know you add them all together and here I am, and i I wouldn't have gotten here uh, you know without that education or or I would have made more more mistakes than I did and you know more money you know kind of causing mistakes than I did had I not had some of that that education right so what
1: excuse me <coughs> what uh you know I'm, I'm thinking of some of my listeners who might be saying well you know it'd be great if i had fifteen thousand dollars of credit card limit credit limit on my mm-hmm. accounts right um some may already be maxed out but what, are there options for somebody who doesn't have i mean what what direction oh. would would you would you say hey try this direction first
0: well, you know, we live in a, an amazing era, and um, there is so much free information available that wasn't available. And, and I'm specifically kind of referring to podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can, you got podcasts and you got YouTube. Um, you don't want to learn how to do anything, you can find it on YouTube. And there are, there are so many people like me uh, giving away free education on how to do certain things. And so, uh, there, there are plenty of free resources available in the podcast world. Uh, you know, in books, you can join your local real estate investment association for, you know, what maybe it's hundreds of dollars a year and, and not tens of thousands and start mm-hmm. networking and meeting other people. And, and maybe you'll hook up with somebody who's, who's looking for some help. Uh, I met a guy who when I was, um, starting out at one of these uh, real estate associations and he was a uh, you know you know buying and flipping properties and and doing some buy and hold things and he was impressed with me, and I had. I, and he was also doing a little bit of money raising to, to get some of this stuff done. And I had something that he didn't have. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a W two job and a good credit score, and I was <laughs> I was helpful in obtaining loans and things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for which I said, you know, I'm bringing this value to the table. I should get paid something for this, and I think it should be X. So mm-hmm. sometimes uh, uh, it's it's a matter of partnering up. Uh, uh, there's a guy, you know, somebody at the meeting. Has got uh, uh, money and not little time, and you've got some extra time and not a lot of money, and you pair up with somebody, and there are lots of stories of people who got started like that. So uh, I would say, don't
1: let not enough money be an excuse to go get some education. So how would you, how would somebody look look one up locally? They they just put in their local town and then just investment investment uh, group or real estate investment group. Yeah, use the short
0: term for it is RIA, RIA R- EIA Real Estate Investment Association, but if you search for, you know, you know, real estate investment clubs near me, you'll find them. Okay. There might be, a, there might even be a national directory. I'm not sure. I don't have it at my fingertips.
1: I'll, I will uh, see what I can put in the in the show notes. I'll look for some some after. Okay. Yeah, so now I'll, the real burning name. question everybody okay. wants to know is, <laughs> how long did it take before you couldn't see all your possessions? <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: It was about two years before I got moved into a, a house, you know, yeah. that was more than 920 square feet. <laughs> and so you're living,
1: you're living in, or you still have your W-2 job and you're living and you're you're making, starting to earn some income, yeah. real estate. Well, I would say I still had my, I, you know,
0: I had my W-2 jo- job, but, you know, over time, you know, uh, certainly, I mean, the 55% was gone, but right. you, the, you, the cash flow starts to come back as you uh, you know the 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 alimony falls off after a certain period of time, mm-hmm. as does the child support. So mm-hmm. you're, um, you know, you you get some of your cash flow back, and then yeah, then you start plugging away at these uh, these investments. Uh, the first one I did was when my daughter was at the end of her uh, freshman year of college. She said, "Hey, Dad, I want to move off campus next year," and and I knew when she went to college, I had a very good idea that this was going to happen, that mm-hmm. she was going to want to move off campus. And I said, well, I'll be darned if I'm going to pay somebody else's mortgage for the next three years. <laughs> right? So together, she and I bought a duplex. And um, and since it was the time of President Obama's first time homebuyer credit, and she was on the deed and never owned a house before, we got a $15,000 a check from that, and then she lived in one half the duplex and rented one of the two rooms, and the other side was fully rented. And I was about a, I don't know, 100 or 120 miles away, and so uh, she did some of the on-site stuff up there, screening tenants, and I did some of it from remotely, and uh-huh. that worked well. You know, uh, through her college years, she got a little bit of business experience, yeah. in real life, and uh, and we had that for quite a few years after she graduated until, for various reasons, it was just it was time to sell.
1: She use any uh, of her experience as a landlady uh, now or
0: not yet? Not yet. She went on to, um, she went on to uh, get her master's degree in uh, psychology and she's a family and marriage counselor. Um, <laughs> although I, you know, she, and she's now just kind of getting to a decent earning place and, yeah. and, and, and she's very amenable to asking me about, you know, you <laughs> know, what to do with her extra
1: money. Yeah. <laughs> so, good. Oh, good. Well, uh, you know, if she's asking, it means she's, she wasn't a terrible experience. So. Right. Right. Uh, all right. And, and then, so you, 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 you that was your first. And uh, how, how, where are you at now? I mean, that this is, this is now six, seven years down the road from that first experience.
0: Yeah. So I am, uh, you know, I quit my, you know, that was uh, 2009 was when that illiquidity event happened and that, at the end of uh, 2018, I quit my corporate job, and uh, I'll say semi-retired. I don't like the retirement work because <laughs> definition is to be taken out of service. But I don't, I don't work anymore. <laughs> I never have to if I don't want to. I you get, you you know, get to work where doing whatever you want it, exactly. And so I wrote the book and I uh, do my blog at theprolificinvestor.net, and um, uh, that's what I like to do. And uh, and I, I like to do road trips across the country and. On one of the motorcycles or in the Corvette, soon to be uh, joined by another one. <laughs> hmm. So uh, and you know I'm what still
1: years. Can I ask what years?
0: Yeah, the uh, the one I have now is a 2003 Z06, which is the 50th anniversary uh-huh. of the Corvette, and I have my deposit down on the new Z06, which comes out next month. Oh, so I beautiful. don't know yet when I'll They're be getting going, one that's for sure.
1: <laughs> so well, so you are you your retire or you're you're living on income uh, income generated from rents at this point or are I'm you living s- buying yeah, and selling as well yeah
0: so i am i'm living on passive income so i don't do anything active so yeah, i have ma- the benefit property have, managers but yeah yeah i uh, uh so my my income comes from a couple things so uh i have a, a i have a pension from from my company mm-hmm. and then um I did something that was recommended to me by a financial advisor, uh, kind of a a little bit of an alternative uh, investment advisor. I went to him because he kind of spoke my language a little bit and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and uh, the, the pension wasn't big enough to, uh, to do everything. Um, And he said, he said, Chris, you need to, um," he said, for example, he said, if, if, you need to build a base of guaranteed income that is, that is just steady, comes in day in day out, regardless of your investments or the marketplace. And so let's say you had a, let's say you had a hundred thousand dollar a year, those were your living expenses. He would say, you know, we need to see if we could stack up a couple of different things to maybe get you to 70 or 80,000 of guaranteed income. So, I supplemented my pension by creating two other pensions Mm -hmm. by taking some 401k money and buying two annuities to stack on top of that, to create this guaranteed level of income, which just about covers my lifestyle. And then uh, the other income is, is from uh, investments, passive investments, different types of syndications, self-storage ATM machines and apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, you know, I don't have to worry about my basic living expenses with, you know, what those what those investments do. Some of them are more uh, appreciation ap- assets. Some of them are more cash flow. But, you know, I do know people that their retirement consists of a 401k, which involves a constant trying to figure out what I'm going to sell this month, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to pay my bills. And I think that would be a tough, yeah. tough way
1: to go. Uh, yeah. So. It becomes very it be, the the uh, contributions may be passive, but the trying to figure out how to take it all out can be pretty active. Uh, yeah,
0: and every every you years. know every you know you, every time you take something out, it's a it's a it's a taxable event, and yeah. and if the market goes down, well now I gotta and you if your market go down and you need and you need ten thousand dollars a month, you would go, gosh now I gotta sell, you know twenty five percent more shares than I would have had to set I would have had to sell last week right. just to get the same ten thousand right. dollars. Uh, it's just it's just a mess, and yeah, it doesn't work for it doesn't work for four k is a terrible vehicle, and it doesn't work for ninety two percent of the population.
1: Yeah. Well, hey Chris, you you've mentioned uh, you mentioned your book. What's the name of it? Uh, the name of the book is Get
0: Off Your Ass, a Dollar Sign Dollar Sign, and Manage Your Money. Subtitle:
1: Why You Need Alternative Investments. All right, and that came out just this last uh, end of twenty twenty one, right? Yeah. It's it's in the, yeah, November. Right. All right. And you, uh, you, what else are you doing now to support others in that, uh, in in the kind of their own journeys to financial independence through alternative investments? So I have the
0: website, the prolific net, and there, uh, there's a link to the book and I have uh, articles, 45 of them, 45 consecutive months Mm -hmm. of articles about different aspects of personal finance and alternative investments. And you, and uh, these are all things that I have done. Nothing that's in here is something that I pulled out of a textbook. I'm, I'm talking about real experience, right? Uh, there's a resources page where I have podcasts and books and mastermind groups and all types of other providers that either most of them I have used in some cases, if I haven't done that particular thing, you know, I'll say, Hey, these are two that continue to come up as highly recommended by people I know, like, and trust. And, um, I set aside Thursdays on my schedule for virtual coffee. So there's a little uh, coffee cup in the middle of the page. And if anybody wants to have a free 30 minute uh, video conference with me, those are on Thursdays. There's a link to get you to my schedule. And if you want to talk about this stuff, love to do it. Um, oh, I nice. think that's, you know, that's all the stuff. And then just, you know, talking with guys like you who are doing different
1: things. Yeah. No, good. I I appreciate uh that i that i'm all about getting on and building my own uh, um network of resources that i can i that that speak to me i use that speak my language and that yeah, i can there you go. i can trust and work and reach out to but uh okay so uh, uh chris last last question what uh, and, and by the way uh, listeners i will put all that information uh that uh, Chris just shared in in today's footnote so make sure you check those out at the bottom of this uh, this video but Chris what's one practical step or piece of advice you would leave with our listeners well I already talked a lot about education
0: so I think I'm going to talk about and, and and the childlike curiosity mm-hmm. so now I got to pick another one um, there's a just from a from a, a time management perspective, well, there's really no such thing because nobody can manage time. All we can do is manage our (laughs) activities, right? (laughs) True. That's true. There's a there's a there's a book called The One Thing. And I heard the author on a podcast and I started that started changing my life before I even read the book. I got Mm -hmm. the book, but you know, he talks about how action lists are just terrible. And this is a a, a, this is something that was developed by Gary Keller, who's one of the co-founders of Keller Keller Williams. But he would he would get together with his um, his top performing agents and they would talk about on on a weekly basis and they would talk about what they were doing. He said, "Okay, for next week you got to do these five things." And so they would call back next week and inevitably they hadn't done those five things. They had done other five things, but they didn't do all of the five things. So anyway, he went through this. It just kept it just kept the same thing until he got down to one thing. Yep. This is the one thing. So I want you to do the one thing that is going to make your business or your life easier. In fact, it's going to be so good. It's, gonna, it's just going to push some other things that, that off your list completely don't even need to be done. And so I've always been a big, okay, action list, keep track of all this stuff. But the truth is, if you think about it, at least for me, I already know what the one thing is for tomorrow. I've got a list, but I know what the one thing is. And so get up and start working on that one thing. One and after thing. you get done with that one thing, then you can start working on the next one thing. And and people probably um, don't really have to spend a whole lot of time going, no, to know what the one thing is. So this was a real kind of life-changing thing that only happened to me
1: within the last uh, six months or so. Nice. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard, I don't think I've read that book yet, but uh, I've heard of it. And, uh, I'll put it back on my list and I'll I'll put it in the the show notes here. There you go. Could change your life like Rich Dad Poor Dad. (laughs) You never know, right? Right. That one thing. Read Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Chris Odegaard, thank you for uh, being my guest today on the Money Fit Show. I appreciate you and um, your time with us. To our listeners, uh, thank you for joining us. Please do check out our podcast archives at moneyfit.com org/slash/podcast. Also, please subscribe to help us grow our visibility, so others can find us more easily as well. And until the next time, please stay money fit and stay well.